This episode of The Amazing Nerd Show is brought to you by Mod Hop. Damon, I really could use a vacation. Well, Christian, I have the perfect podcast for you. Well, tell me about it. It's a great podcast called Mod Hop. Christian, DIY travel arrangements can be tough. Each week, join experienced travel blogger, plane enthusiast, and awkward party host, Jake Redman, as he and his travel-addicted co-host, Anthony Ryan, navigate modern travel from the best plane seats to the worst hotel rooms. They dig up the latest options in travel to help make you a better travel planner. Listen wherever you download podcasts or at modhop.com. Modhop. Travel better. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome, nerd. Are you ready to launch 111th Expedition into Nerdum? Preparing for launch. Queuing bitchin' rockabilly track. Priming engines. Preparing a path through your deepest, darkest fantasies. Unecrypting files for comics, TV, movies, wrestling. Launching ANS in 3, 2, 1. Hey, this is Christian. Hey, this is David. That's the Amazing Nerd Show. Uh, so Christian, C2E2 is right around the corner. We're about a, like a week away, I want to say. Yes. Um, uh, for people who don't live in the Chicagoland area, that is our like our biggest you know Comic Con basically of the year. Um, we're both going this year. Uh, what are you looking forward to the most? Um, right now, I think it's you know getting snapshots of everyone's crazy cool cosplays. Yeah, what do you think? What cosplay is going to be most popular this year? Oh, Mandalorian for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I've been seeing some sick ones online. People many, putting in the armor. How many parents are going to be like dragging their kids with them, <laughs> dressed up as Baby Yoda, uh-huh. <laughs> to get over their uh, cosplay Mandalorian outfit, right? I- I'm guessing there's going to mm. be a lot. I could even see like little fucking strollers like done up like the, the egg and everything. Right, that's going to be so. Mandalorian, maybe some Demon Slayer. That's like the big anime right now. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. What else? Witcher? Do you Witcher? Think yeah. Witcher? Yeah, there's going to be a lot of Witcher. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. What else was like a huge? Harley. I mean, you'll get the Birds of Prey Harley, mm-hmm. right? If anyone's there as the bard from The Witcher... I will totally do a video of you guys doing the song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Fair enough, though. Um, are you bringing your camera? Yeah, I'm gonna bring my camera, and then we're also gonna do phone for social media and everything. So we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna really do it up well this year. So for people who don't know, uh, you know, for the conventions, we're usually walking around with the amazing Nerd Show World Heavyweight Championship belt. Um, it's more of a cosplay championship belt, though. So uh, we reward it to anyone who's walking around with awesome cosplay. We usually take a picture um, with them in the title, and then we feature it on our social media. Um, so you know we, you know, basically try to chronicle all the great cosplay yes. that we see, you know, throughout <laughs> the weekends at conventions. So um, you know, so and if you want to follow us on social media, that's at Amazing Nerd Show. Pretty much on everything: Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Yeah, go find our old um, last years. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of great, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of great. I'm always amazed, like, how <laughs> how much people, like, put into their, you know, 
like costumes and everything. Uh, just like the time and the mm-hmm. money. I mean, people are passionate. You got to respect that. Exactly. I think my favorite last year was Doctor Doom, where he had like smoke coming off of him and lightning. That was fantastic. it. Was pretty awesome. That was fantastic. <laughs> and my favorite was horror related, of course. There was a fantastic like Jason from mm-hmm. Jason Lives. So, um, but yeah, no. So we'll be around C two E two with the title. Um, and if you're a cosplayer, perhaps you'll actually get rewarded and get to take a picture with it. So also, and you know, if you're a fan of the show and you want to say hi, we'll both be there, um, pretty much all three days. Um, and we'll be wearing amazing nerd show exactly. shirts. Exactly. So. You'll find me in Tom King's line because that's what I'm going to be for ninety percent of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long line. Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be a long line. <laughs> Is there any uh, autographs that you're looking forward to getting? Um, I might try to get in, see if the Young Bucks will sign the title or something. We'll mm. see. <laughs> we are pressed. Do we get like... I don't know if we get priority for lines or anything like that. No? I doubt it. Can we sneak in? <laughs> can we do interviews? It I just, say I'm pressed. I have a camera right here. Like, Can we <laughs> set up interviews that we're not going to actually like play on a podcast <laughs> just to get like autographs? Uh-huh. <laughs> We have press passes, but yes. we're not using them for <laughs> show purposes for some reason. Hopefully they don't listen to this show. Maybe next year. <laughs> Maybe next year we'll start doing interviews. Exactly. So, but uh, yeah, no. So definitely stop by, say hi if you see us. You know, we don't bite. Um, but yeah, let's move on, man. We got lots of news to talk. Yes, we got tons of news to talk about. But before we get into that news, if you're liking what you're hearing, make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Or whatever platform you enjoy most. We're on everything. And while you're at it, help further support the show by giving us a five-star review. Yes, let's get into the news. Every week we collect the biggest headlines and rumors and nerd them. We are not mild-mannered reporters. We are mere podcasters with opinions. Starting off this week, we have Marvel's Loki introducing King the Conqueror for the Disney Plus series. Yeah, uh, King's a huge, like, Marvel Comics villain, and it's funny, I never even put that together, that it would make perfect sense for Mm -hmm. King to get, like, introduced, you know, now that, you know, we know a multiverse, like, exists, and we've got time travel going on, you know, I don't know, my dumbass never really put the pieces (laughs) together, like, oh yeah, no shit, King, right? Um, and maybe that's because I fucking hate King the Conqueror. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I, I, you know, just comic book wise, he always just gave me a major fucking headache with all the fucking timeline mm-hmm. shit. And, you know, it, he's just kind of the worst of the whole time travel gimmick, you know, that comics do. Because it just feels like, okay, well, if you defeat him, he's just going to come back like the next day and you know or just go back in time and redo everything that he just did so it just feels like he's undefeatable so he never makes much sense to me and then like he's like four different characters at once Mm -hmm. um you know maybe they do an awesome version of this character i don't know um do you feel like it's going to be uh owen wilson playing him because he's (laughs) Because he's he, he's that was last week's rumor uh, that Owen Wilson is I don't even know if it's rumor I think it was confirmed that he's going to be in the Loki series. Could they do some zany version of King the Conqueror? They could because a lot of people are like jumping on right now and saying, "Oh, this is going to be the next like big bad for Marvel." I really no. hope not. I really hope not. Um, I know he's got his fans, but he, I'm not one of them. I feel like he he'll he can be involved in a big 
event. Yeah. But not like the guy. Now, one interesting thing uh, with the character is that, you know, he is actually also, you know, the younger version of this character is also Iron Lad, who sets up the Young Avengers. Mm -hmm. And we've seen, you know, through all these announcements and everything, you know, especially with like the Disney Plus shows, that they definitely seem to be setting up a Young Avengers, you know, show or movie or something. So, I mean, this is at least another seed, maybe, if he does, you know, show up. Uh, but, man, I, I I really hope he's not the focus of, like, Phase <laughs> 4. Um, it, it makes sense to have him be part of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I'm well, just, I guess I'm just not looking forward to it. <laughs> he especially makes sense for this series. Mm-hmm. With with Loki messing up the time stream and everything. Yes, him and coming it feels across like a, like the time variant mm-hmm. authority and everything. He feels like a great foil for Loki at the moment as well. Because mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, like, would this be a show watching you know Loki just being bad? Or is he going up against someone? Mm-hmm. You know, what's, what's going on with all this? I mean, we do know he's being held by the time variant authority. Uh-huh. But... <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know where they go with this. Mm-hmm. And, like, I'm already getting a headache even thinking about it. So, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no. I mean, it makes sense. I just, I don't know. I just hope it's not true, I guess. Uh, all right, so let's move on. Next up, we have Red Hulk making his debut in the She-Hulk series. Um, yeah, I mean, this makes sense. I mean, Thunderbolt Ross has been part of the MCU for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Red Hulk has tons of fans. Um, I'm one of them. I, it's a cool kind of chapter in Ross's, like, you know, history. So uh, I don't believe he, you know, he's not Red Hulk anymore currently in the book. But, I mean, why not um, throw him in there? He could definitely be a foil for She-Hulk. Um, man, if you're telling me there's going to be this many Hulks, though, in a TV show, they're definitely throwing all the money at these, mm-hmm. like, Disney Plus shows. Um, that's a lot of CG work. That's a lot of CG work. <laughs> and I mean, if they're going to do Red Hulk right, I mean, he's got to be a total fucking badass. So it's going to be a lot of work for the effects team. So, uh, but it's a great storyline. And I feel like it, it definitely ties into his daughter, Betty Ross, you know, the Hulk's like love interest. So I feel like if they're going to do this, then I need to see some Mark Ruffalo. I do think at one point, Liv Tyler was rumored to be like reprising her role as Betty Ross. So that would make sense if they're doing this storyline. Mm-hmm. But then do you feel like it'd be cheap if they don't have Mark Ruffalo there as Bruce? It'd be a little weird. And do, then, do you think she's going to be like, why are you so tall all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> Is Edward Norton really short? Short compared to Mark Ruffalo. Really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then do we start getting away too far away from She-Hulk? You know, where she should really be the focus of the story. You know, if we start, like, you know, really throwing in... Like, is it really just the Incredible Hulk TV show then? <laughs> I feel like... Is that fair to She-Hulk as a character? I mean, it could focus majority, like 90%. I'd give it to She-Hulk. And then you just have elements of the other Hulks throughout... <laughs> yeah, it just feels like people are going to be like, they're going to want more of that, though, if you do that. Maybe, how about this? Your first series, it's just She-Hulk. 
and then maybe the second exactly. season you, you go and mm-hmm. you throw in Mark Ruffalo and you know let him be more part of the show. I could see them doing that, especially in his current state. It makes sense for like him helping her out and anything like right because exactly. he is in. I mean, I guess currently he's in good shape, and we don't really see what you know. Oh no, he's there at the funeral, at mm-hmm. Tony's funeral, and everything like that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, establish She-Hulk as a character the first season, and then you could have more interactions between her and Bruce. So, and that's if they do the whole, like, two, like, the whole cousin angle, you know, between the two. So, um, I don't know. I guess only time will tell, though. I'm getting more and more excited for the show, though. So, me and my daughter are rewatching The Mandalorian, um, and man, like, just in rewatching that, I really want Gina to be She-Hulk now. Mm-hmm. There was that rumor going around for a while that she was like up for the role, and now like I can't see anyone else playing that <laughs> character. So I'm gonna be disappointed if it's not her, because mm-hmm. um, I can't really like pinpoint anyone else who would fit like the She-Hulk persona. You know, Jennifer Waters is one thing, but like you know the She-Hulk, you know her in that fully formed character. You know, I feel like it needs to be someone with that, like, physical, like, presence who can actually act. So, and just have, like, a natural charisma. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that just fits Gina Carano so well, you know. And she already works for Disney, so why the fuck not, right? Who would you say is the counterpart? Oh, God, I have no clue, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, She-Hulk, you know, whenever I've read the character, she's like 95% of the time exactly. She-Hulk, so I don't even know if it matters, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> but you would like to have someone out there. Mm-hmm. Elijah Dushku. Eh. I What's wrong with it. Elijah Dushku? I don't know. I think I'm mispronouncing her last name, but Probably whatever. <laughs> you had a problem with Faith? I, I, I was never a big Buffy guy in the first well, place. Well, fuck so. you. Exactly. This podcast is over. <laughs> You can't say that every week, Dave. Buffy rules, <laughs> damn it. I mean it this time. Um, I think she, I, I don't know, she brings something to the character at least. So, um, from what I remember, Jennifer's kind of like a plain Jane, not like, you know, not really outgoing everything. Mm-hmm. That's what makes the whole dynamic between her and She-Hulk awesome. But, I mean, I don't think I read, I haven't read a She-Hulk like straight comic in probably like 20 years so no, they might have a little updated. bit more depressed and darker yeah <laughs> well i know in the avengers line she's definitely a different character so um but all right well i like i said i'm looking forward to the series we'll see where they go um yeah, red hulk would be a great villain though for her to go up against <laughs> so i mean i definitely because i can't think of a really like she hulk doesn't have a great like rogues gallery and everything like that so it makes sense for them to maybe pull you know, from Bruce's, you know, rogues gallery. I want some She-Hulk in the courtroom, though. <laughs> I feel like you'll get that. I hope they I hope they do that. Yeah. I, I feel like you'll get there. So. All right, well, speaking of Disney Plus and The Mandalorian, WWE superstar Sasha Banks reportedly involved in Star Wars The Mandalorian Season 2. Yeah, um, we really know nothing about the story other than that. Uh, it looks like she might be playing a character. We don't know if it's like a cameo or... You know, another bounty hunter. You know, my hopes is it's a bounty hunter. Um, I don't know if she could act. This would be her first, like, <laughs> acting role. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, I, I'm guessing she can act since she does it every week, though, technically, right? Uh, but, yeah, I, I think it, it, I could see her playing, 
you know, a bounty hunter or something like that. Hopefully it's not just a glorified, like, walk-on role. Like, she's just in the background or something like that. Um, she walks in. She has to do her entrance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I hope not. I could see Vince trying to push that. Uh-huh. You know, more branding. Um, yeah, though. I she I could see her play, be, like, a, a total badass on the show. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe just for an episode or something. You know, one-off type deal. It's interesting that they're... They would. I wonder if this is a role that she got on her own. I can't see like WWE really like you know pushing this for her. She's had a lot of time off recently. I don't know. I thought it was just due to the injury. So, but maybe this was also to film this because I know that Mandalorian was recently filming like the season two. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe we'll see more like WWE uh, Disney Plus like crossovers. <laughs> <laughs> You know, because I, I, I feel like if it was up to WWE, like, this would be, like, Roman Reigns or someone oh, like that. Oh, absolutely. You know, oh, it'd be Charlotte. Yes. Immediately. Yes. <laughs> yes, right away. Or, like, Becky or something like that. I feel like they're not, like, Sasha's not, like, high on their priority list right now. So. I mean, unless this was part of her, like, return clause, mm-hmm. you have to put me in other things. It could be, though. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you need to at least advocate for us or something like that, you know, for me to get, like, other roles or something like that, or allow me the time to go for these other roles. So maybe that was part of it, you know? I mean, they were offering her everything mm-hmm. to get her back, so. She's a nerd. I, I totally see, like, Twi'lek Bounty Hunter. There you, you go. Know, total makeup and everything. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of bounty hunting, we have Eli Roth set to direct Borderlands film adaptation for Lionsgate. So I'm a big fan of Eli Roth, um, but I don't know jack shit about uh, Borderlands. Like, I know that it's a video game, but that's where my knowledge ends. So Christian, as the resident gamer of the show... Tell me something about Borderlands. Uh, Borderlands is an awesomely stylized game. Everything's shell shaded, um, which I'm kind of I'm kind of hoping that maybe they could do that for the the show or movie for like the cinematography. Yeah, that'd be awesome to have everyone have a black outlining. That would be. <laughs> I don't a know, little too man. much. Yeah. <laughs> be a little odd, but okay. But I mean, that's part of the signature look for Borderlands. So you want them of... to go like Sin City with it, where they yeah. totally get like the comic book feel? Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's part of their like signature look. It's um, been a big franchise for the last few years or so. It's kind of like a looter shooter, if that makes any sense for you. It's, sure. It's a first person shooter game where you just find and loot wherever you want. And Is it a really graphic game? Because um, when I hear Eli Roth attach, I'm thinking gore, blood, violence. I mean, to a, to a degree, I wouldn't say anything's too far out of the cartoon realm, in a way. What do you mean cartoon realm? What does that mean? Like, because everything is so stylized mm-hmm. the way it is, I would say the violence is also it, like the same kind of style. Where it's like, someone, I mean, people lose limbs and body mm-hmm. parts fly off and... Blood goes everywhere, but it all looks very like cartoon movie. You know. Yeah, I don't see him going that route though. Do you think they do an edgier version of it? Could uh, that work, or will it lose its like charm? I would like to see them stick closer to it. Okay. I feel like if anyone could handle it, it would be Eli Roth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wonder. Uh, maybe could this be like a PG-13 thing if they're trying to like cater to a wider audience? 
Um, or do you feel like there's no way they could do this story PG-13? That would totally water it down. Will it be a hard <laughs> R? Uh, you, there are ways you know to get around it to make it PG-13, but I, Eli Roth, this type of game, I definitely see it as a hard R. Mm-hmm. You know, tons of violence, tons of fun, uh, witty, fucking raunchy-ass comedy yeah. going on. He does know? comedy well, too. Exactly. I feel like he doesn't get, like... I don't know, enough recognition for, you know, I think what a lot of this, what makes his movies different is that comedic element that he puts in there. So, um, yeah, no. So, I mean, it sounds like you think it's a good fit. I think it's awesome. Awesome. All right, man. Well, that's good news then. The only other person I would like maybe cast for was probably James Wan. Uh, So beyond that. That makes sense. Well, hopefully it's a video game movie that doesn't suck, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the weird thing. I haven't even seen Sonic, but apparently the gaming world is kind of behind Sonic. And it's making money. Yeah. It is like the biggest video game movie so far. Yeah, that's crazy, and that's right? insane. And we've been shitting on it for like the last <laughs> year. It just had no, I have no interest in it. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know. I was in like middle school when sonic came up so i didn't grow up with sonic so where he probably more resonates you know with you as a a character (laughs) so are you a mario guy um i would choose mario over sonic me too but i grew up with mario Mm -hmm. so um but yeah yeah i mean to each his own i mean maybe it's a great fucking movie a lot of people too are like you know really giving you know jim carrey a lot of props and everything like mm-hmm. that and and we were talking about it too watching the trailer you know this feels like you know the jim carrey you know everyone knew and loved back in like the late 90s so kind of like returning to form if you yes. will so um i'm sure that's a big part of it um all right well let's move on yes uh orphan prequel to tell the origins of esther yeah what the fuck <laughs> like but like 12 years later yeah they decided i mean the movie's got a decent cult following i enjoyed the original but this just feels out of nowhere (laughs) um i don't know how well this is going to work and for people who don't know the whole orphan storyline spoilers spoilers, right (laughs) you know this couple adopts this what they think is a young girl she starts tearing the family apart and you find out that she's actually a 33 year old woman named like lena um who's a complete psychotic (laughs) Um, really bizarre twist it worked well though um i like i said i really like dug the movie so the fact that they're going back and doing a prequel i think is pretty cool i don't know if it's going to work just because we already know like the twist so is it like her like how she like starts to like you know come up with Mm -hmm. this plot or you know just her how like how she's driven insane um i'm not sure so it'll be i mean you could have technically right is she dead at the end of the film i haven't seen it in so long yeah i don't remember what happened yeah because you could have done a sequel Mm -hmm. she's still alive i guess right oh no she i think does she get adopted by another family i think she might have gotten adopted by another family for some reason I might I mean, think of another orphan movie. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that sounds like the perfect lot. ending for that type of film. <laughs> and these, like, you know, evil kid movies. What's so. funny is that the actress hasn't even reached 33 yet. Yeah. 
So, I mean, you could <laughs> cast her since it is, mm-hmm. you know, a prequel. You could cast her, you know, as the character again. And she could be just playing, you know, herself. Because it's, you know, obviously in the movie it's her, you know, using makeup and everything mm-hmm. like that to make her look younger. So, um, so I mean, hey, man, whatever. <laughs> Bring on the horror. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, and it actually makes me want to watch rewatch the movie now. So hmm. I haven't seen that in a long fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> it was good though; I really did enjoy it. So all right, well, we also have a Halloween Kills update. Apparently, it's got a very large canvas. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all we know. <laughs> uh, Jason uh, Blum or Bloom. I always I can never figure out which which it is, but uh, he uh, in an interview stated that Halloween has a large canvas. Um, that it's a big, big movie. Um, I don't know what that means. I'm guessing he's talking about the setting of the film mm. like where it takes place maybe um because i mean everything about the halloween franchise does not scream big it's more about michael myers terrorizing an isolated town you know uh so the fact that they're like he made mention of it having a big canvas almost feels like maybe we're getting like michael stalking you know, the Strode family in another town or like following them or something like that. Is this a road movie? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's interesting because we know it's like the second act of this trilogy. Really? You know, since we've got, you know, uh, Halloween... What is it called? The last Halloween movie? Ends. Right? Halloween Ends is mm. the. Th- I hate that title. Um, because it's not ending. <laughs> <laughs> You're just lying to us. Uh-huh. Um, it's like Friday, Friday the Thirteenth, the final chapter. Like, no <laughs> bullshit. I was like nine, and I was like, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're liars. But no, you you bring up a good point. Maybe this is just a traveling show at this point, <laughs> and this is them getting to their next location for. I mean, for the third film. See, I, that's. That's a guess. Complete bull. Mm. But, but we also know we have like so many returning characters from the original Halloween. So we knew that there's a big focus on It's like on Michael the like traveling around and killing them all off. Like all the people he didn't get. That would know. be ridiculous. I don't want to see that movie. No. But I mean we know Tommy Doyle's back. We know the sheriff is back. Um, yeah. I mean uh, even uh, the nurse. Again. Uh, Marion Chambers is back and I feel like she's been she was in H2O they brought her Mm -hmm. back for that and then like she was barely in the first Halloween and Halloween 2 didn't happen in this movie's universe so what the fuck (laughs) like why even I don't don't know I'm guessing guessing these are all like glorified cameos Mm -hmm. or something like that you know I mean like what are they like a reunion party and like Michael just shows up and kills everyone I wouldn't be surprised. It's, okay. All right. Well, I, I do. I just, I get worried when, you know, directors say, especially for a horror film of anything, uh, that it's going to be a huge canvas. You know, huge canvas for me is like, hey man, the Avengers, huge canvas all over yeah. the place. Great story. When I think horror films, I want small sandbox that the villain gets to play well, in. Especially in Halloween. Exactly. You know, uh, <laughs> um, so, ah, whatever, man. I mean, it, most likely he didn't want to say anything, like, without, like, you know, he didn't want to spoil 
anything. Mm. So he just like said something, not thinking about what it really means. And now, you know, we're talking about it. Exactly. So it is what it is. Free press. Yes, right. <laughs> Hopefully we get a trailer soon, though. Mm-hmm. At least a teaser or something. Because yeah, like it's not that far away. No, we haven't even had, I think we had like a couple set photos and that's it. And those might have been leaked ones. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's this October. So it's not, it's not far away at all. So we should, I would guess, you know, by the spring we should have a trailer. Yeah, man, I feel like I'm going to be moving out by then. And hey, man, we've got two movies this week that we're reviewing. Exactly. So uh, let's go ahead and get into that. Uh, quick show note. Uh, me and Christian did not get a chance to read any comic books this week. So there is no comic book spotlight. But uh, we'll hopefully get back into the groove of things next week. Yes, I know you're missing that transition music right now. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder Woman! Christian, were you a Fangoria kid uh, growing up? can't say that i was well fuck you then because <laughs> i was i did all the conventions and everything like that i've got multiple pictures of me like you know with kane hotter uh, you know classic mm. choking pose uh, <laughs> he does it pretty much at like every convention it's a standard He's pose. Just like, okay kid <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I, i'm a big fangoria fan so i was really excited to see that they're producing a movie uh they uh they did a film called vfw and now, our feature presentation. One satisfactory solution, and that is we get our product back, and each of you die. You were a soldier. So we all. Let's act like it. We set a perimeter. We make our stand. You'll all die very, very slowly. You last. But whatever you gonna do, do it. Or you make a mistake. I'm gonna cut your heart out. You and me both know this ain't the only option. We can push Miss Teen USA right back out to the way she came in. It's for you that we're doing all of this. Hey, I never asked for your goddamn help, Gramps. The second you walked through that door, we were duty-bound to help you. Let's go. of war veterans must defend their local VFW post and an innocent teen against a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of punk mutants. This was directed by Joe Begos and written by Max Brailer and Matthew McArdle. So, man, Christian, this movie was a trip. I mean, it was just like balls to the wall, grindhouse goodness that like hit all the right nostalgic like notes with me. Um, like everything from the score to like the gritty like cinematography like really just echoes like B movies from yesteryear. Um, but like what really like helped set like VFW apart um, from other like movies like this was like Bagos's like sense of style. Um, the film is neon soaked carnage. Let me emphasize fucking carnage. <laughs> Heads are exploding. From the first act on. It only makes sense this is a Fangoria produced film. I don't know if they produced like films in the past. But I mean 
like once you see like that first like 30 minutes and like oh this is fucking totally Fangoria (laughs) Uh, you know Uh, but yeah it's filled with like wonderful practical effects that really like make you feel the splatter Um, Bagos manages to capture all of it in ways that keeps it like visually fresh and impactful you never like really like grow numb to the violence um, which could happen a lot of times in Mm -hmm. films like this this though is like a true love letter to like genre fans um lang leads a cast of just like cult film vets who exhibit like great chemistry and carry this movie in between all like the blood-soaked action and there's lots of fucking action uh, you believe it, these characters have been like in a foxhole together, which I think really helps the movie set it apart from others. Um, their relationship, you know, is the heart of the film. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong, like no one's winning a fucking Oscar for this movie, but their performances are like definitely like a notch above like your usual like B-movie fare. You know, if I had like one big like qualm like about the movie... Speaking of performances, it's probably, like, I never really felt like they had really a worthy villain to face off against. Um, They have this, like, drug dealer character who feels very, like, standard issue and, like, really lacks the same type of charisma that the rest of the cast does. Um, You know, he's incredibly, like, one-dimensional. Also, like, I wish, like, the army of, like, junkies that, like, are just coming at them constantly... Um, they were very, like, disposable and, like, cookie-cutter. Um, I know you want to get as much as, like, death and mayhem as possible. And, I mean, they just keep on fucking coming to this movie. Mm. Uh, but, like, I think it could have been just upgraded, um, if you would have just made them a little more, like, durable and, like, harder to kill. Like, I wish they would just, like, gone, like, full bath salt zombie with them. That way you even up the potential, like, for more gore in the long run. And you just make them more, like, terrifying, I feel like. So, but, like, with those issues aside, you know, as a lifelong, like, Fangoria kid, um, I really feel like, you know, even though this film is definitely not for everyone, I mean, it's not even for, like, all horror fans. I really feel like this movie was a great time. Um if you're if you were a gore hound like in the 80s and the 90s this is the kind of movie that you would hope to like rent at like blockbuster on a saturday night like solely based on like cover art alone and a movie that you would like go you know to school like the next monday and like break to all your friends that you saw until like you would watch it with them at like Mm -hmm. a sleepover or something like that so it's that kind of film um so i definitely like recommend this movie yeah man this definitely sounds like something i want to check out uh, it is unfortunate, though. It sounds like the villain isn't as crazy as the rest of the film seems to be. Yeah, you know, I would you would just think you'd have, like, an mm-hmm. over-the-top, like, villain to kind of, like, match the natural charisma the rest of the cast has. But they didn't go that route. And we spend a lot of time with, like, the protagonists in this film um, since they're kind of, like, trapped in this bar. Um, so I don't know if they just felt like, okay, well, less is more with the villain and, you know, we're really just focusing on this awesome cast that we put together. Uh, but yeah, for me, you know, it's all about the villain and mm. they, it, they, it just felt like disposable. Like they, the villain felt disposable and like all the, like, you know, I forget what they call them, like zombie, junkie, punks, mutants, yeah, right? Mutants, they said mutants, yeah. yeah. I never even got like that kind of mutant vibe 
from them. Um, they just seem like junkies. So, uh, <laughs> just crazy just, fucking just hopped up guys on the street. Yeah, but they died really easily mm. and everything like that. Where I was like, almost like, why didn't you just go the full zombie route with them? So, do the characters ever feel like they're actually in danger? Yes. No, you definitely. I mean, they're not scared about killing off characters either. So, I mean, right from the get go. If it was me, I would just have like, you know, maybe a group of like 10 of these like, you know, junkies coming at them and just have them like feel no pain where they're just, you know, taking a beating and have them like keep on coming at them. And then you almost get that like zombie effect, Mm -hmm. you know, where they're just, you know, beat to shit and you're seeing fucking eyeballs hang out and shit. I mean, maybe I just wanted a zombie movie. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But this was still fine. This was, uh, this was a lot of fun. You know, I really enjoyed it. And Bagos is definitely a director that I'm going to follow. His sense of style as a director and, you know, just... I feel like he's a really good eye. You know, I liked the way like he frames certain shots and everything. Um, You know, I I feel like that definitely elevated the movie to like the next level for me at least. So, because there's a lot of movies nowadays that try to like play on that like, you know, retro vibe and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But this just did a really good job with it. So I feel like that's the difference. Like this was actually, you know, a decent piece of like entertainment you know, whereas I feel like, you know, right now you've got a lot of, like, movies, like, trying to, like, capitalize on, like, like nostalgic, like, you know, fad that's kind of going on. I feel like almost, like, kicked off with, like, Stranger Things and stuff. Mm. I feel like this movie, like, actually, actually, like, did a really good job of, like, capturing the true essence of those, like, films. Um, you could tell, like, you know, the people behind it were actually, like, fans of the genre. Um, you know, and probably gorehounds themselves. All right. Well, you know how this works, damn it. What would you give it as a grade? Uh, I'm going to give it a solid B. All right. All right. Well, I also saw a trip of a movie as well. I saw Fantasy Island. That is a really good hologram. There is only one fantasy per guest. And you must see your fantasy through. It brought her back to life. No matter what. Oh my god. That's really her. Work. This is not what I meant. What the hell is this place? People die here. The island's twisting what we asked for. We weren't brought here to have our own fantasies. I want it. I got it. I want it. We were brought here to be a part of something else. I got it. I want it. I got it. I'm your friend. I've always wanted to hear you say that. Mr. Wark makes the secret dreams of his lucky guests come true at a luxurious but remote tropical resort. But when fantasies turn into nightmares, the guests have to solve the island's mysteries in order to escape with their lives. What a fun concept, right? You know, Fantasy Island meets horror. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but then, like, when you when you think fantasies, what 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 would, what would be like the craziest fantasy you could come up with for Fantasy Island? Dude? What are you asking me, Christian? <laughs> it's not that kind of podcast. <laughs> I don't know, man. All I'm trying to get to is the, as something about like 
you know, something so fantastical as fantasies and shit like that. Uh-huh. This is the most bland fucking film. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's get into it. So we get we get these this cast of like five visitors coming to the island. Um, we don't know, you know, why what what's going on with them. Um, one, it's, so it's like four fantasies that we go we get to see throughout this. Um, one of them has, of course, its brothers, so that they're it's one fantasy for both of them, mm-hmm. shit like that, and that's kind of like, oh, um, they get to have the greatest party that they ever wanted, you know. Um, that's yeah. their fantasy. Their fantasy, yeah, to have it all, you know, um, the girls, the money, the drugs, everything. Okay. You know, have have your cake and eat it too, type of like party. Another one was, you know, this guy who had became a cop, always wanted to enlist in the army, but he just never did. So he wanted a military experience. And then one uh, had like some regrets in her life and she just kind of wanted to redo them and see what would happen. Here's a quick question. Yeah. Okay. Do these people going to this island realize like this is the gimmick with the island that they're going to get to live out their fantasies somehow? They think it's all going to be like CGI or like some type of AI or mechanic so but they've been sold on this point that they're gonna get yeah like they all won some type of contest to get onto this island okay that's kind of like how you know they're brought in all right um and then uh lucy hale's character wants to get revenge on a bully and that's the one that we see in the trailer the most so of course you know typical horror fashion they go through their fantasies and things start to slowly turn and things go wrong you know, it's like, oh, the party, you know, you have it all, but of course someone else wants to take what you have. So now, you know, crime lords are showing up and killing everyone. <laughs> um, Fair enough. The military experience turns out to be a real fucking military experience and you're getting hurt and stuff like that. So is there a point in the film where all of a sudden they realize, oh, this shit's actually happening. This is real. Yes. And it, okay. it all kind of happens pretty fast. Um and and the rules of this island are what kind of confused me the most mm-hmm. with everything. Like, um, there's elements... So, no sh- no shocker here, and spoilers going forward, um, all of them kind of are tied in together somehow. You know, they all are linked in some way. Okay. And all the fantasies end up being linked in some way. And um, <laughs> so, there's, so there's this kind of, like, weird time travel element where... Um, the one that has the problem with regrets, you know, she can only go back and change one regret in her life. Mm-hmm. So she actually, so the island actually somehow teleports her to the day where like um, she was proposed to and she said no, and she's able to change that, and then the island, you know, gives her a whole new life, pretty much. Okay. Does she live out that life? No, she just time? has the memories of the life. Okay. So she comes back to the island, like comes back through the doors, and she's like, I have this whole. You know, memory of a life that I never knew and stuff like Wouldn't that. Wouldn't that almost be more devastating, though, knowing that the vacation's going to eventually end and those memories never really happened? Like, you lost all I that? I guess. But, I mean, what what Mr. Rourke is going for doesn't really matter, you know? Is Mr. Rourke, like, trying to actually, like... I mean, is he sinister in this movie? He is, like, quasi-sinister. Okay. Where it turns out... so. The big, the big plot point of the film is it turns out they're all there because of someone else's fantasy, which was to get revenge on all of them. Oh, Because gotcha. one character died um, 
this person died in a fire, and they all seem to be linked to this fire. Okay, got you. So mm. there wasn't even really a contest. No, no. Okay. It was all, they were just... Bump, bump, bump. Exactly. Bum. Uh, <laughs> is that the big reveal at the end? The big reveal is that it's one of the people that are there. That we said spoilers, right? Yeah, we said spoilers. <laughs> okay. This, this movie's bad, so I don't give a shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, apparently no one went to see it, so it's exactly. okay. <laughs> um, it turns out that it was one of the people that was one of the five people that came to the island, of course. It was one of their fantasy to get revenge on everyone. Turns out it's Lucy Hale, the one that has a, um, you know, wants to get revenge on her bully. Okay. Which, again, doesn't really make sense why she saves her and then brings her into everything else. But I guess she wanted to kill them all at the, at the same Are time. Are any of these characters, like, I don't know, likable or, um, like, you know what? <laughs> At first, I thought the annoying brothers, so the, the brothers that have the party that want to do everything, you know, they come off the biggest douchebags as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're constantly high-fiving. They're just, you know, we're total bros. Yeah. And stuff like that. But they actually turn out to be some, some of the more endearing characters. The military guy is a little bit more endearing, too. Oh. So here here's where it was with getting... Well, I was confused by the rules, by the way. Okay. So, well, well, so we got with that with the whole door travel thing. The guy who has uh, wanted to be in the military and stuff, he wants to be in the military because of his dad. So somehow they brought his dad, like he somehow gets teleported back to the time where his dad was okay. in the military. But it seems that like the operation is happening on that island because the mission that they're on ends up attacking the other fantasy with the brothers. Oh. Like, helps, like, they have to go to the, like, party area. So I'm like, how, where where does this work in time? What's going on? And, like, how does this all blend together? Like, because, like, these guys are obviously from, like, 40 to 30 years in the past. Mm-hmm. They're seeing these people with, like, modern technology but and all this, this stuff. is this shit really happening, though? Is, <laughs> is it just a case of it just being like a optical illusion or No, it's it's all actually have it's magic. It's real it's magic. It's just magic. It's yes. real magic, damn it. <laughs> they they do explain it's magic because it's uh-huh. a magical fucking stone in the middle of the islands granting people's but fantasies. Obviously it doesn't actually affect mm-hmm. like the past or anything. Now, Mr. Rourke, which who should be like probably the most, you know, um flamboyant and fun character in this film mm-hmm. is probably the like this is the most uh, bland role I've ever seen Michael Pena in. Yeah, I was gonna say like he he can he can act. Yeah. I've seen him in so many movies. Uh-huh. And then just it just seems like he came on set to do get a paycheck. He's just walking around He's reading lines. Reading lines. Okay. And like uh his character's storyline, which is pretty much the like sixth journey throughout this is kind of like he's forced to stay on the island to keep his wife alive which we also find out the only way she's able to stay alive well she's actually not staying alive she's dying every single day on the island because she has some terrible disease but it's the only way he can be with her is to pretty much let her live and die each day no wonder he's in such a bad mood So, okay, wait, what? Yes. So like, <laughs> my head's about to explode. Uh-huh. So, like, he is forced to stay on the island so he can keep his wife alive. Yes. Why does he have to be the host of the island? Um, 
it's his promise. If he keeps doing fantasies for people, he can get his fantasy. Okay, which is just be with his wife. Yes. But the twist is, for him, is that it's the day that she dies. Pretty much. Okay. So, like, it seems like all these fantasies have a little, like... Like a dark twist to yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then it just all turns out to be kind of a prequel to the, the series. Like, we, you know, we get a, um, a, le- a lesson learned for Mr. Rourke, which is, like, you gotta let go of your past and your wife and, you know... Um, free yourself from this so that you know positive things can grow and stuff okay. like that. Um, so it has a message. Yes. About grief. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Because they all kind of have that sim- similar message. So does he walk away from the island at the end? No, he stays on the island. What? <laughs> to preserve and protect the magic of the rock. Well, fuck the island. Like, it sounds like an <laughs> awful place. If everything has like a dark twist. Mm. So then you said that it's a prequel. Yes. So it's a prequel to a like Fantasy Island movie? Like another like you feel like it's a franchise? I feel like it's a prequel to like the show in general. Like, like a happier version of Yeah, like series? how it all came to be. Well that's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Fantasy Island, the like original T V show mm-hmm. from like I think it was like the late seventies, early eighties, like the fantasies would go awry a lot of times and they would have these kind of like twists and everything, but there was always like a little lesson learned. Yeah. Um, but like this movie, like the trailers look like fucking hostile, like happened <laughs> in the middle of like some of these fantasies. So I was really curious to see where they were going. Um, but I never felt like Mr. Wark was being like held mm-hmm. captive in that TV show <laughs> or anything like that. And you feel like, so do you, I mean, obviously it probably isn't going to be a franchise with how awful it's doing right now in the box office and it's getting slammed, mm-hmm. you know, critically. So you're not the only one who was <laughs> like, what the hell is this garbage? Um, but, you know, you felt like their whole, like, you felt like they really wanted to make this into a series of films. I mean, easily, I feel like they could have okay. gone forward if, like, hey, a new guest group came in, mm-hmm. their fantasies go awry. Because they definitely point out that The Rock is turning these things dark. Okay. Like, it's it's going to have a dark ending to it. But so now with your, like, do they get, like, a new beginning? Does something happen to The Rock where it doesn't like it's not going to have that effect on people's fantasies or no they skip past that so he's gonna like stay on the island and have all these people get basically bamboozled like into these awful fantasies seems like it what (laughs) (laughs) well that makes no sense whatsoever all right um (laughs) yeah like the performances are all just kind of all over the place um you know in their attempts to make people like three dimensional, they they just come off poorly written, and okay. you know it's each character. Uh, again, the only characters I ended up liking were the most annoying ones at the beginning. So I guess that that's well done. But right. at the same time, one of them um, actually dies, and um, we get the origin of Tattoo, and <laughs> <laughs> of course we do to bring um, him back to life. The other brother says, I will stay on this island and grant fantasies as long as he gets to go and live his life. So he's making the, mis- the same mistake, mistake as that Mr. Rourke? Rourke? Yes. Makes? 
Mr. Work doesn't stop him and say, hey, man, nope. no, listen. The <laughs> film ends with the brother getting on the plane instead of him. Here's your leave. shortcut. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what? But Mr. Work stays on the island, too? Mm-hmm. So they're both on the island granting wishes? Yep. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Let Lucy... me rate this movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> Lucy Hale as a villain just fell real flat. It was a twist that I didn't necessarily see coming. Because the... they keep angling it towards it being um, the woman who turns out to be Mr. Rourke's wife on the island. Now, Jeff Wardlow and mm. Lucy Hale also were in... That shit movie, fucking Truth or Dare. Truth or Dare, yes. <laughs> and Mike Bloomhouse is like, oh, we gotta get more of that. <laughs> <laughs> it's Whatever. the same writer, too. What the fuck is uh-huh. Bloomhouse? You know, Bloomhouse for a while was like, oh, you know, I could trust them and everything, but like lately with like Black Christmas mm-hmm. and now this. Man. No, this oh, feels like cash grabs. Oh, were they the turning? They did the turning, too, I think. Probably. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> No, a bad year so far for Blue House. Yeah, man. That's saying the least. <laughs> um, cinematography is bland. I mean, it's just, you know, everything in this movie is as about paint by numbers as you possibly can. You know, um, from story to cast to, you know, to fucking filming. Everything just feels like we came, we made some money, we got to go home. Did any of like the scares work, or is it even? No, man. Like... The, there's barely any scares. At points, I was like, "Is this supposed to be a horror film?" Because at the beginning, they they do start off like a traditional horror film, where it's like someone's running on the island, being chased by people, and mm. like um, she gets you know kidnapped and everything. Because it's definitely marketed mm-hmm. as a horror film, which was strange. I mean, right off the bat, we're like, "What is this?" No, man. It ended up feeling like a hardcore um, Scooby Doo movie. Okay. You know, <laughs> don't you blaspheme, Scooby Doo? <laughs> I, I do like the Scooby Doo films, but <laughs> I'm just saying that that's just it. Just felt like wacky adventures, and then it started to get dark towards the end. Okay, all right. There's Look. no there's no blood. It's very PG thirteen. Um, like if anyone gets hurt, it's like a black liquid that's coming out of them. Okay. Because that's the water that the rock is creating. Oh God. Yeah, there's all these weird. It sounds like they caveats. even explained that. That's mm. horrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Christian. Well, if you were going to give this movie a grade, which you are, uh-huh. what would you give it? I can't. I'm not going to say it's the drizzling shits, but it's definitely a D, D minus for me. Oh wow. Okay. Fair I enough. don't recommend it. Okay, don't go. <laughs> Can they watch it on TV? Maybe you could stream it if you got nothing better to do. It's probably gonna end up on Hulu in a couple months, right? I'm sure. I'm surprised it's not there already. <laughs> All right, man. Let's move on. Uh, we've got some wrestling to talk. Yeah. Wait a second. Now, oh, oh. Bianca Belair. Now, There's a match I'm, going I'm on. Now, girl, I done told you that you don't even go here. But since you want to put your hands on me, <laughs> now I want you here. Charlotte Flair, I'm a whoop that ass. All right, Damon, we had another NXT takeover, this time in Portland, Oregon. Yeah, this is weird, right? Because usually... 
like the next one would be the WrestleMania one, mm. but for some reason they kind of like you know threw this one in. I don't know, like a I was month surprised. or two out. I it's a it's mm-hmm. not their usual schedule. I don't know if this is going to be like they're going to do more takeovers now since they're like you know live on Wednesdays. I'm not sure what the deal is, um, but this was a stacked show. I, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's go ahead and get into it. Yeah, first up we had Keith Lee versus Dominic. Dijakovic for the NXT North American Championship. So I have heard a lot about like their matches on like the indie scene and everything, like how fucking epic they were. So I was really hoping that, you know, we would get, you know, a taste of that. Like they, I mean, they tease that a lot, you know, on their TV matches and everything like that. Um, so, but when they announce it, because they've had quite a few mm-hmm. matches at this point. On TV, so when they announced this match, I was like, "Oh, they're they're gonna go fucking balls to the wall," and they really did. I mean, they they laid it all out there. I mean, I don't know if it's on the level of those other matches, you know, on the independent scene, but you know, for me, this was fantastic. I really enjoyed this. You know, oh, yeah. just two big guys fucking <laughs> flying around like they shouldn't and moving like they shouldn't. Um, you know, just beating the shit out of each other. So I don't know what else you could ask for, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, after seeing so many TV matches with them, I was kind of like, do I really need this match? But then when I saw them on the pay-per-view, I was like, oh, this is fucking phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, before even uh, Keith Lee, you know, signed with NXT, I was hearing about his matches like PWG and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, we've definitely been getting tastes of that. But, I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, this guy's a fucking star. I'm not sold on Dominic so much mm-hmm. still. Um, you know, I mean, he's talented and everything like that, but he just, for me, like he has the charisma of a fucking mailbox. Like I'm just <laughs> not, it's like, I don't know, his, his character doesn't do anything mm. for me. I mean, he could fucking work, but I don't know. I mean, um, you could see it in the crowds though as well. Like Keith Lee comes out, everyone's on their feet doing the chants and everything. Dominic comes out. You got like five people doing feast your eyes when he gets in the ring. You yeah, know? trying. <laughs> we still can't figure out exactly what the hell they're chanting right. is it, through. Is it his... Deo? Is it Hail? Is... I don't think it's Deo. <laughs> That'd be a... maybe Hail. Maybe uh, I, I guess, but whatever. So, but I mean, he's a great worker. Mm. Uh, you know, and they've got great chemistry together in the ring. So, I mean, this was a great match. I mean, they went twenty minutes. Um, and they did not disappoint. So um, I'm wondering where Keith Lee goes from here. Um, I just, I almost feel like, you know, the North American championship is like beneath him at this point. Like I want to mm. see him in that, like, you know, main event scene, you know, going after the actual titles. So I mean, I'm, I'm kind of actually interested in seeing him just fight Brock Lesnar at this point. Yeah. Just a straight up match. I feel like he's going to get called up sooner than mm-hmm. later. I know we're not supposed to say called up anymore, <laughs> but I think Vince definitely has an eye on him. Shuffled over. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, all right, so let's move on. Next, what we have, Christian? Uh, we have the street fight between Dakota Kai and Tegan Knox. So, this is better than I expected. I will say that right mm. off the bat. Um, they had a lot of time. Um, you know, Dakota Kai continues to impress me. Um, the ending I felt like was flat, like, you know, all of a sudden some, you know, I don't know, some stranger shows up into the (laughs) ring that I've never seen before. Um, and the crowd also kind of reacted that way. Like, who the fuck is this? Um, helping out Dakota Kai and, you know, um, 
they botched the power bomb through the table, which actually looked more painful. Exactly. <laughs> like when the table doesn't break, I'm more like, ooh. Yeah, like because she kind of hits the edge of the uh-huh. table too. I was like, ooh. Um, I I think a more experienced performer probably like would pick her up and power bomb her through it again, mm-hmm. um, just to get that impact. But I kind of liked the way she just bounced off the side. <laughs> <That was it. laughs> No, it, it felt almost like the same as the Bunny and the Blade, you know, reveal. Yes. Where it's like, no one's explaining who she really is. Just cricket. Yeah. It's yeah. Just... <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I didn't really get a chance to watch NXT this week, so I, I don't know where they took it. I'm sure that they're now like a partnership or something, um, you know, with her, you know, I don't even know the girl's name at this point, um, with her playing the heavy. Mm-hmm. Um and that makes sense, but yeah, no, it, I know, it, it, it was a good match, though. I will say that. I just thought it was odd that they went with the choice for Dakota Kai to be completely confused during that whole moment, where she's just looking at her like, "Who are you, and why are you helping me?" This entire shot. You know, I'm okay with that, um, just because I feel like it makes more sense. Like, why? Because why wouldn't she just bring her out from the get go then? you know, as a surprise and have her help her throughout the match. Mm. So I always feel like that defies logic when they do surprises like that. Like, oh, here's a person in my corner who's going to show up the last two minutes of the match. Like, I mean, a wild card's a wild card, you know, and if you're, you're going to have this person in your corner, why not use them throughout the entire fucking match and maybe actually win the thing? So, <laughs> um, and maybe quicker, right? Uh, so, but yeah, no, I, I th- this was impressive. I enjoyed this match. Uh, up next, we had Finn Balor versus Johnny Gargano. So this was actually my match of the night. Um, I love this version of Finn. Mm-hmm. He's just so fucking vicious, man. Like, you believe everything he's doing in the ring. I feel like everything is more impactful that he's doing. Um, you know, and this was just a fun match. These guys, these guys really clicked well together. Um, you know, Finn is a great heel. Um, and he's starting to get more comfortable, I think, you know, or they're letting him just be himself. You know, maybe that's more of the case. So I liked the promo they cut the week before um, between the two guys with them both like kind of talking shit and Johnny like bringing up like, you know, the raw version of Finn, mm-hmm. like how he doesn't want that version, you know, how he got kind of soft and everything. Um, so I, I don't know what the line was something about him losing to Bobby Lashley like 12 weeks in a row or something ridiculous like that um, so I, I this was definitely you know that version of Finn though you know we got the new Japan Finn you know um, in this match so um, I have no idea where they're going with Finn and I have no idea where they're going with Johnny at this point it seems like he's going to be you know I mean obviously with what we saw at the end of the you know show he's gonna end up you know facing against champa again mm-hmm. um you know but that that ending when it first happened with finn going over so decisively i i was like holy shit man like did johnny piss someone off is he injured mm-hmm. or like are you writing him off right now because he just like he's like like basically like almost like crotch in his fucking face and like wipe his wipes his feet and like <laughs> I don't know, he's like almost dismissive of Johnny, but it made sense for what we saw at the end of the show with, you know, Johnny turning heel that, you know, it doesn't matter if he loses this match, you know, you can put over Finn, you know, as a fucking monster heel and it doesn't really hurt Johnny, you know, if anything, it sets him off 
you know, for his heel turn. So, um, you know, it, it, I'm just, I don't know where Finn goes. I don't know if he's going to be going after the title next, since now you have Ciampa and Johnny, you know, mm-hmm. feuding. Um, yeah, it feels like that's naturally where he would go, or maybe he goes after Keith Lee. Maybe we get, like, Keith Lee versus Finn. You know, that has potential, mm. you know, for me. I mean, just the, you know, the size difference and everything <laughs> like that. But with, like, Finn being the heel, I mean, it could be fun. It could. You know, um, I was, you know, compliments to it. I was comparing it to many New Japan matches. But it, for some reason, I wasn't, it wasn't getting there all the way for me. Oh, really? I loved it. I, really <laughs> it. Uh, I don't know. There was, there was points where I just felt like they weren't clicking. And I, I didn't like the ending too much. I felt like, I don't know. Um, I liked how dominant it was. I really did. I, I, <laughs> I, I like, enjoyed Jesus the majority Christ. of the match, but for some reason, there were just parts parts where it's just like, they felt like, um, like there's this moment where Finn is in the corner, mm-hmm. and they're going to clash. And like they've just you know separated and everything. And then it just felt like they missed something in communication, mm. and they both just kind of like almost miss each other. And I don't know that it was just weird moments like that that were uh, pulling me out for some see, reason. See, I feel like those moments like match is more real. Like mm-hmm. when you have a little sloppiness to it, I don't want it too choreographed. Um, but I understand. Uh, I just love the way he was like posing over him and everything. And it, like I said, it was a decisive. No, I love Finn as yeah. a heel. It, <laughs> Absolutely. I thought it was great. Um, but like when yeah. I saw Prince start popping up in his entrances, I was like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is you know, the character we deserve. And I would absolutely love to see him go up against Keith Lee. I th- Do you think this version of Finn will actually have the demon attached to him? I don't know. Because, I mean, this just feels like it's the demon without the makeup. You know? Like, he's making those expressions while he's mm-hmm. fighting. Yeah, in a way. Mm-hmm. Um you know, because, I mean, in New Japan, he would come out in the makeup, yeah. you know. I mean, it's not like, the you know, the version, as far as the version that we got in WWE. Um, I mean, where, I feel like that's a finality thing, like... Yeah, because it is such a face thing no pun to intended. have, you know, <laughs> him come out of the makeup and everything like that. Like, the crowd is going to pop no matter what. I'm sure he's going to stay away, probably, from that character until he's face again. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Up next, we have Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, I enjoyed this match. Uh, this is probably one of my... I think this was probably one of the best Belair matches. Uh, I mean, she's got all the charisma in the world, you know, and I think she kind of is starting to put everything together mm-hmm. in the ring. Um, she's a presence, you know, um, and like I said, she she's all charisma. Uh, you know, and... For me, the the match though was just kind of there, and I don't know if it's just like the the placing on the card, um, you know, right after the Balor and you know Johnny match, and I think also the fact that we know that you know Rhea is going on to yes. face Charlotte, so yeah, there's a possibility that you know Bianca could have won the match, but it felt very unlikely to me, so we already kind of knew the conclusion of what was going to happen at the end of the match. So. I didn't like the ending spot. I didn't like the um, the finisher off the top rope right there. Yeah. It felt like misplaced. Yeah. Yeah, it was weirdly timed. I definitely mm-hmm. agree with that. It kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Um, which is okay at times when moves come out of nowhere, but I don't know. It just, it, it, 
the crowd didn't react to it. It just was kind of flat. And it was a hot crowd. It was a great crowd. Um, but yeah, it just kind of, I think it just caught everyone off guard, mm-hmm. honestly. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm interested to see. It, it definitely feels like they're high on Bianca too right now. So I don't know if she, I mean, I could see her getting called up sooner than later. I also feel like they're not done with her. Like she's still going to be part of this like program between, you know, Rhea mm. and Charlotte where I could see her having like a match maybe against Charlotte. You know, because when Charlotte comes out and attacks Rhea, they made a point to have Charlotte also attack um, Bianca. Mm. So I feel like there might be something there because you do have almost two months to WrestleMania. So you could have her maybe like show up and like challenge, you know, Bianca comes out and like, you know, gets in Charlotte's face and, you know, do maybe a, a Bianca versus Charlotte match on NXT TV pop a rating exactly that's know? what i was thinking so, like that's great for tv so. yes exactly so i i definitely feel like you know because otherwise i man with the like what's throwing me off is this feels like the wrestlemania card for nxt mm. so i don't know what that card is going to look like wrestlemania weekend because i mean i don't know where bianca what's she going to be doing you know, Mania weekend. What the hell's? I mean, is Rhea gonna have a match? She says that she's going to fight at the NXT before uh, Mania. Ah, so maybe it's against Bianca again. Huh. We'll see. We'll see how they set that up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, up next we had the Bruiserweights or the the Broserweights, I should say, uh-huh. uh, versus the Undisputed Era. This is a fucking great match, man. <laughs> I really dig this match. Um, I. I mean, so part of me, when there's a lot of like no selling, you know, especially at the end of this match, yeah. but I felt like it was forgivable just because it was like in the moment. Um, but usually I would have an issue with it, but I don't know, man, it, this match just worked for me <laughs> on all levels. Um, I'm not a big fan of the whole browser weight you know, odd couple thing that mm-hmm. they've got going. It's a little too on the nose at this point. I feel like it's it's getting a little too forced. Um, I do applaud NXT for, like, actually doing some, like, more extensive character work with these guys. Because, I mean, like, comparatively speaking, you watch AEW every week and you watch NXT every week. You know, AEW feels more almost like, and people are going to get pissed off for me saying this, like a WWE product where they have more, you know, character storylines going on and everything like that, where NXT is just almost straight wrestling, you know, which is great, you know, and that's what I like about it. Um, But like the week before, you know, um, the pay-per-view, you had like multiple segments with these guys Mm -hmm. and everything on their little adventure and everything, which is like, I feel like this is the most I've ever seen, like, you know, them outside of like Full Cell, you know, on an NXT show. So. Did, did you see the um, the Triple H thing? Uh-huh. Where he said that there was a smoking problem on yeah, this plane? Yeah, okay. <laughs> It just is so cheesy. Oh. I don't know. It's just not working for me. <laughs> I'm glad they're getting outside of the box a little. I don't want too much of it, though. Mm. I like that the show's different. So, um, but, you know, but that, that being said, I mean, these guys work so well together. They really do in the ring. So, um, I would say this is my favorite Matt Riddle match so far uh, from what I've seen. I mean, yeah, it's definitely up there. Mm. I agree. I just love his intensity. 
that he can work as this kind of like you know laid back character but then when he's in the ring he can like you know turn it up a notch and you know go to this next level um it makes him feel more believable uh you know the you know, there will always be the comparisons with him and like Rob Van Dam just because of the gimmick and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the one thing that Van Dam always had, you know, his critics um, on him about was the fact that he never like could get to that like emotional next level a lot of times. Um, so I, I feel like Riddle has that possibility. I still want to see Riddle play heel. Um, I think that would be great. It's ridiculous that he isn't being utilized more, though. I feel like you know, I, I'm surprised that he's still in NXT, that McMahon wouldn't like snatch him up right away. Um, just because he's he's a five-tool player. You know, He's got so many skills and everything. Mm-hmm. He's got such a natural charisma that you would just think that he would be like, you know, perfect you know, for, you know, Raw or SmackDown. It's exactly what, like, you know, McMahon's looking for. Well, do you believe any of the heat that he's been having with more of the main roster side? Um, yeah, I do. You know, he's, I think he's kind of speaking out of turn, it seems like. Um, you know, kind of going to business, you know, for himself. Um, and forgetting that it's, it's a show. (laughs) So, like, if you want to do business with someone... Don't just call them out on social media. Like, maybe talk to them about it beforehand. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, use social media as a tool, but, like, I don't know, have some class about it, you know? So I feel like there's definitely probably an, under, an underlying code that he's breaking by just all of a sudden calling people out randomly and shit like that. Especially the Goldberg shit, you know? I'm not a Goldberg fan, but, like, everything that he was doing was fucking harsh. Um, so I could see why, you know... You, the upper, you know, management would be pissed off, you mm-hmm. know, especially after the debacle of, you know, that Saudi show where he's on, at, you know, social media at the same time, you know, just, you know, destroying Goldberg and everything and laughing about the match. So, um, but yeah, no, I, it's unfortunate. Hopefully they look past that. I mean, God knows, you know, they're willing to look past, you know, personality quirks. Um, for talented wrestlers. I mean, they do it with Randy Orton all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. So, um, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Because, I mean, I, I didn't expect him to be with NXT for this long. And for accomplishing, like, so little at this point, really. You know, I felt like if he was, like, if you told me he was going to be there for this this amount of time, I was like, oh, well, at least he's he's probably carrying the title with him at this point, you know. And I feel like this is his first championship with NXT. I, I believe so. Right? I don't think he got the North American no, Championship. No, And I feel like there's a lot of times where he just loses. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, they're not protecting him enough either. So, well, hopefully that gets better. All right. Well, up next we had Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa. This was a great match. Um, I didn't expect any, you know, rest, <laughs> though. So, um, I do feel like they did a lot at the end. And there was, like, kind of what I said. I'm going to talk out of both sides of my mouth. Where I was kind of, like, forgiving of, um, you know, the tag match. Where they're just kind of, like, all of a sudden, like, no-selling things. Like, big moves. I think there was, like, Canadian Destroyer and everything. And they, like... This match at the end, like, I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, th- these guys should be <laughs> fucking dead at this point. <laughs> it reminded me of the final match between um, Adam Cole and uh, Johnny Gargano. When they were, you know, mm-hmm. just 
killing each other to the point where it's like, okay, guys, it was like overindulgent. It was like too much. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that very spot where um, Chapa gets up after getting um, sunset. What what is it? The Canadian destroyer. Yeah, the Canadian destroyer on the outside. Uh, uh-huh. um, and he's in the ring already up. I was like, what Okada bullshit is this? Yes, it was yeah, a little... Was like... <laughs> it was still fucking entertaining, don't get me wrong. But it was like, okay. Uh, um, it was a little too much. It was still a great match. Um, Adam Cole, but god damn, he's so fucking talented. He really is. There's no one that sells a kick out better than Adam Cole I right know. now. Oh, I agree. 100%. <laughs> no, the crowd loves him. Do you feel like, do you feel like it's time for them to turn him face? I'd be down for it. You'd heard what I've been saying. Yeah. Fucking have Finn take the Undisputed Era yeah. and turn him face. Yeah. It makes sense. It really does. Um, and it, it, it makes more sense for Finn to have like a heel mm-hmm. unit with him. Um, and Adam's just so over with the crowd and everything. I mean, he plays the heel great, but at the same time... I just, I don't know, man. I, I just, I feel like there, we need a new chapter, mm-hmm. you know, for the Undisputed Era. Um, and I could see them maybe like turning on him, like, hey, you didn't support us enough, like in our matches, you know, you could play that kind of angle, you know, where Finn will say, you know, it's all about the unit or something like that. He's the only one that's kept his gold at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's the story. Well, yeah, exactly. Saying like, oh, you know, we are, we always have your back. Where are you during mm-hmm. our matches? You know? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Who do you have him facing um, at the, you know, WrestleMania weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure at this moment. Because, I mean, originally I had uh, Dream going up against uh, Keith Lee next. Because I could feel, I feel like Dream is the one person that wouldn't get hurt by a loss right now from Keith Lee if they were to feed him to him. I honestly could see Dream going against Adam Cole. Adam because Cole? that whole angle right now mm-hmm. is what the Undisputed Era did to Dream by throwing him off the top of that truck where he kind of is like working his way through the Undisputed Era until he gets And he hasn't Cole. won the NXT title, right? No. He has it. He has it. I mean, that's the logical next step for him. Exactly. I think his like injuries kind of hurt him momentum-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being out for so long. Uh but I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. I, I feel like maybe that's the route they're gonna go because I can't like otherwise. Like if Keith Lee didn't have the North American title, I would say no. You put Cole versus Keith Lee. Like that's where they're mm-hmm. you know Keith Lee should have that belt at this point. I mean maybe they still get there because um, we're still two months away. <laughs> but I feel like if it's not Keith Lee, you know it's got to be Dream at this point because storyline wise, I don't know where they're going. It's Djokovic, man. Oh. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Kushida facing? It doesn't matter. They don't fucking see him as like a main event player at all. It's it's fr- I don't want to go down that road. It's really frustrating. It really is. Even I, a Kushida hater, doesn't uh, doesn't understand what they're doing with him. You really consider yourself a Kushida hater, though? I don't. I. He in just New beat Japan. all the guys that you yes. like. <laughs> he's fucking super talented. He yes, deserves better than what he's been guy. getting lately. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the fuck's going on. It just doesn't make any sense. And we can't even blame Vince. I know, not you this know? time. This is no, Triple H. No, this is, this is Triple H all the way. 
So they're just using him to put other talent over, but he's got plenty in the tank left, mm-hmm. so I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. Um, but whatever. I mean, there's so much that they're doing right right now, I can't complain. Like I said, this was a hell of a fucking pay-per-view. Um, you know, probably one of the best I've seen in quite a while for NXT. Oh, yeah, for TakeOver. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, top for bottom. I mean, all the matches were fucking great. Um, you know, if I was going to give this pay-per-view a star ranking, I would give it four and a half stars. So I think it's probably that's probably the highest I've gone with a WWE product <laughs> in a long time. <laughs> So I, I'm gonna give it four and a half stars. Um, I'm gonna give it a solid four. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna keep it there. Okay. Just because you're an asshole, huh? <laughs> <laughs> what do these people have to do for you, man? <laughs> a little bit more. How did you feel about the Johnny turn? Oh, um, I was fine with it. I like the story element that they show there with him actually taking the championship away from Chapa. I like it wasn't behind his back. Mm-hmm. I like that it was like you know face to face. I did dig that too. Um, do you want to see another program between these two? It's never a bad match, so I can't Mm -hmm. complain. They work so well together. I like the idea of seeing Johnny as, like, the pure heel. Mm -hmm. Um, and like you said, it's never a bad match. But at the same time, I want something, like, I don't know, different? (laughs) Something new for both of them? But I guess they never really got to, like, finish their mm-hmm. story off completely. So maybe that will be, like, you know, the Mania Weekend match. I guess. I, I just feel like they're never going to finish their story. That's fine. But, like, <laughs> let them move on. Mm-hmm. You know, do you feel like maybe it's a loser leaves NXT match? Like, we can't coexist <laughs> on this brand anymore together. I mean, that would be a great way to get Gorgana to move. In that way, it's not like, oh, he got called up. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, he's looking for a job. You know? Because <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like, I feel like Johnny would get, he'd be the one that they would call up over Tommaso. So, um, man, okay. Yeah. I'm going to say, I'm. Bucket Christian. Loser <laughs> leaves NXT. Mania weekend. All right. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Insider scoop. But it does feel like they're going that route. I really mm. do think they're going that route. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and end the show. All right. Let's close it out. Before we go, make sure you go ahead and check out both of our networks. We're on dramacityproductions.com, along with a bunch of other great podcasts. And we're also part of the Big Head Network. That has literally over 100 podcasts. So, I mean, if you like what you hear here, um, make sure you go ahead and check out those networks to hear some quality shows. If you're already listening to us on your favorite podcast platform, definitely give us a rate, review, and subscribe on that platform, especially on Apple Podcasts. Yes, it goes a long way for a small independent podcast like ourselves. Speaking of being small and independent, we need that dollars, yo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> gross <laughs> uh, 
you know, if you want to help support the show, what Christian's trying to get at is you can go ahead and pick up some nerd swag. Make sure you go ahead and head over to ProWrestlingTees.com. Go ahead, pick up some nerd swag, you know, support the show. We've got shirts over there. We also have shirts over at TeePublic.com. Yes, and we're finally getting our newer logos finally put out onto those sites. Yes. So if you're interested in the new red one, definitely go pick that up. Absolutely. And if you want to learn more about the stories that we talked about this week, go ahead and follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're constantly posting along with tons of memes and all that other good shit. So give us a follow. Um, We're definitely worth your while. All right, Damon. Well, what are we going to be talking about next week? Uh, Well, we should have a review for Brahms, The Boy 2, and then also for uh, the Netflix series Lock and Key. Yeah. Stay locked in. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Also, don't forget, uh, if you're in the Chicagoland area and you happen to be at C2E2, you know, you might see us roaming around. Um, You know, stop by and say hi. Absolutely. All right. My name's Christian. And my name's Damon. And that's the amazing Nerd Show. Special thanks to this week's sponsor, ModHop. Hey, don't forget to check out ModHop each week as travel blogger, plane enthusiast, and awkward party host Jake Redman and his travel-addicted co-host Anthony Ryan navigate modern travel from the best plane seats to the worst hotel rooms. They dig up the latest options in travel to help make you a better travel planner. Listen wherever you download podcasts or at ModHop.com. ModHop, making travel better.